Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle. I'm your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone's having a great Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday because we do the show on Thursdays. I do this on purpose to mess with you guys. At this point. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's it's my weekend off, so I get to be off for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nice. Every other every other weekend, I get a three-day weekend, dude. So, uh, it's just been filled with all kinds of crazy shit for the last two months. To the point where I can't get anything done. Dave Bitter just called me and let me a text. I gotta, I gotta call him and give him the bad news about the book that's still not uploaded. <laughs> oh no! Sorry, man. I love you. I promise you, I'm gonna get that fixed for you. I, I swear. Uh, we got a crazy show for you guys tonight. If you haven't, if you didn't know, uh, yours truly is running for president of the United States of America. Woo! It's gonna be crazy. Freedom! Very excited. I, it, it kind of started out as a troll. I had been thinking about it for a while. I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, and uh, I kind of always told myself, well, if Dave or somebody better doesn't jump in, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to troll everybody doing it. And uh, I didn't realize how much support we still had. And uh, we put together a pretty good team real fast. <laughs> and I'm filed and everything's ready to go. So, uh, yeah, I, I am the best gun candidate there is. There's no doubt about that. 100%. Uh, before we get too far into it, let's talk about sponsor. Of course, we've got TopLops.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on the Break Cycle. We're going to get this great Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff shirt that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 70% discount. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, become a member of the YouTube channel under all of my videos by hitting the join link where you can get into our private Discord server and uh, and uh, get some of Top's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public if he ever puts any more out. I did talk to him a little bit this week, finally, and uh, it sounds like he's going to have some new gear coming. Um, and you can get that at 30% off if you're a member of the channel. So you save money on Top Lobster gear. You help both us out. And it's a great deal. It really is. Uh, and then I know that PSOC Coffee is talking about doing a little pause on the business. He's just a little too busy to keep it going for a minute. Um, so when that comes back, we'll get that back up. Uh, but you guys should still go subscribe to the mailing list at PSOC.coffee because it's a great coffee company. It's doing great work in the uh, anti-war sphere. And I love Will Hobson. He's great dude. Uh, let's check in with my wonderful co-hosts, uh, Mr. Ryan, sir. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. It's been, <clears throat> last Saturday was, you know, a very eventful day for me. I'm sitting there at my dad's wedding. So, you know, it, it very pretty emotional because I'm sitting there watching this man lie through his teeth uh, about how he's getting. How he's gonna be faithful and all that oh, shit. <laughs> we should talk about Catalina a wine more. mixer. Yeah, and then and then you know, couple couple hours later, I see, hey, one of my best friends is running for president. Okay, yeah, this was this was a cocktail of emotions I didn't know I was <laughs> capable of having. Yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about the presidential run tonight and mm-hmm. how we're gonna do something fucking extraordinary for the libertarian sphere, but but. We'll move on from that uh, for now, and then we'll get back into it. We will. AJ, Real sir. quick, oh. I need some yep cocks in the chat. Drop we're we're, we're bringing that back. Yeah. Some yep Our cocks. good friend Ryan is always begging you for yep cocks, and you're barely ever getting them the cocks. So if you could help him out, that'd be really nice. Mr. AJ, sir, how are you doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Vaccine-free, pure-blooded, and zero cardiac arrests. Nice, dude. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're always happy to hear what you're free. We never know what it's going to be. Chinese spy, spy balloons. Still Chinese spy balloons. Never been well. herpes. Yeah. 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 Nah, herpes. Never been. Well, I've been herpes free, you know, for most of my life. But uh, if you were not, not herpes anymore. free at one point, you're yeah. still not herpes free, buddy. I'm he not herpes free. Lives in those nerve pathways, just like chicken pox mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, dude. The outbreaks get further apart. guys. Oh, sure. Nice. Uh, you good. know, as life goes on, you pretty much forget you have it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, as we did mention when we started the show, 
uh, I am running for president of the United States of America, which is crazy to me. Okay. Um, and my kids are like, my, my 11 year old's like, uh, dad, if I, if you win the presidency, can I get a PS five? <laughs> <laughs> That's their take on the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, our, our five-year-old's like, do I get LOL dolls? I'm like, you no, you can't have LOL dolls anyways. You know what I mean? Those are terrible dolls for kids. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what they were worried. They were more concerned. My, and my, my, uh, my two-year-old daddy president, you know, he don't know what he's talking about, but sounds cool. To him. So, um, yeah, man, look, here's the deal. I, I, I've spent the last, I don't know how long, almost a year, uh, telling everybody that I'm done with the Libertarian Party. Yep. I get it. I know. <laughs> I know it's weird, right? It's weird. Literally the last show. Yeah, li- last show, I was like, I'm done with the party. Um, so last show, you literally <laughs> said, people have been reaching out to me about, you know, running for president, but I'm not going to yep. do it. Yeah. Really good foreshadowing, in case you were wondering. That's what that was. Uh, no, yeah, I had I been thinking. Think, so people had been asking me to run for president for like since last cycle, bro, which has always been weird to me. It's always been like such a weird thing for people to be like, hey, you should run for president. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm like a blue collar working class guy. I, you know, I, I do have some skeletons in the closet. Nothing terrible. I, nothing they're going to put me in front of a committee for. You know what I mean? Um, not exactly John yet. Fetterman. Nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not John Fetterman, dude. I'm not. I'm not that stupid. You're not that stupid. <laughs> Close, but not that stupid. But I am. I'm just a blue collar working class guy, and uh, the the thought of me running for president was always weird to me. But I did. I do have to remember that I traveled to 48 states over the last six years. I spoke a thousand times. You know, I keynoted ballrooms behind Ron Paul for God's sakes. Um, I've got to do a lot of really cool things, and I've learned a lot. And I know, you know. As somebody who lives the plight of the normal American blue collar working class person, I know that plight, but I also understand the national politics, right? It's something that I know. It's, I know the policies. I know which ones are hurting us the most. Like when you talk to a normal person that doesn't understand politics at all, they typically don't know what policies are hurting them, right? They know that they're being hurt. And a lot of the times they know that it's by the government but they don't know what policies it is they are that are creating the hurt in their lives. Right. I do. I understand those and I understand how to message about them and talk to people and get them looking into these bills and these regulations. And, um, and so, you know, I had been thinking about it because it was always in the back of my mind, like, dude, not everybody gets to run for president in their life. You know what I mean? In fact, the vast majority of us will never run for president. And that's sad to me because there's so many good people out there that are so much better than, than the people that run for president, right? That are never going to run for president. And, um, you know, I like, to, I like to consider myself an honest person with integrity that actually cares about, like, my fellow human beings. I'm an asshole. I am an asshole. And this campaign is going to prove to you that I'm an asshole. And I talk a lot of shit. And I'm not always nice. And I'm definitely a big troll, especially online. But with that, typically behind, behind that, typically, is my knowledge of, of policy, um, my knowledge of uh, talking to people where they're at, right, which is really important for any kind of candidate. Um, and so I'm really excited to, to run, um, but I had always thought about it. And, and I'm looking at the LP candidates, right, the current candidates. we got Chase Oliver, uh, Lars something. I don't know. Who is that? Lars, what's his last name? Last name be honest. Here. I don't remember. I don't know, and I should know that. Yeah, and then there's Mike Zermatt, who's like a, yeah. a cop. He was like a cop. and yeah. he, he he spoke at convention. Yeah. And he's, he, listen, he's actually a great speaker, uh, but he's an ex-cop, and I 
obviously think there's a little bit of a, um, I don't want to say there's a problem with charisma, but he's, he's not, not as bubbly. Ma- it's not he's as bubbly. not magnetic. He do, he right. also he, he's not he's not like a super likable person, and he doesn't have a lot of. I don't think he has the best positions and policies either, right. uh, but nowhere near as bad as Chase Oliver, who is, um, I mean, really just almost half of his platform is right on cue with the regime propaganda. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't like that at all. And he's boring. And they're all boring. They're all really boring, in my opinion. Chase, Chase at least fits the part pretty well sure. of what a candidate should look and act like typically. I don't, he's he's, he, he's dude, pretty presentable. The dude run, runs around in the streets with like a fucking boa on. With like a cowboy hat and no shirt all the time, dude. Have you ever like just glanced over his Facebook page ever? No. His personal Facebook page? Dude, he is negative. No, he's not. He does not present himself the way that he is presenting himself right now. I promise you. Uh, I've known Chase for years and years and years. And he's not who he's trying to be while he's running for president. I promise you that. Um, which is, is interesting to me because he, he does have support. I would say that, you know, with me jumping in the race, we're the top two. I would, say I would agree. I would agree that. And then we, we can't forget Toad. And Toad, of course. Yeah. Um, but I had <laughs> yeah. always said if somebody, I had always said, you know, even when I was still like really on good terms with the party, is like, hey, well, I'll run as VP if Smith, if Dave Smith runs as president, right? That was kind of a big thing for me. And then um, I also said if nobody jumps into the president race, presidential race that I support, I'll run. I guess I'll do it. That was the what I put out with my initial statement was I guess I'll do it. Yeah, we're going to talk about the hashtag. Iggity? Iggy? I don't know. We'll, Iggy? We'll figure it anyway, out. I guess I'll do it. Um, I love it. So, 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 yeah, I'm running for president. And, and, I, and at first, when I first announced, I was just kind of like, okay, nobody else is going to do this. I'm going to do it and file, and it's not going to be a big thing. But what, what, what was it, 25 minutes in, AJ? 25, 25 minutes into announcement, I already had 20 people on the team or something like that. They were like, yes, let us know what we can do. We're ready to help you right now. Now we have like a 40 person team. We have a campaign manager. We have a treasurer. We're filed completely statement of organization, statement of candidacy. Everything's filed. We're already taking in donations. I don't know. I haven't talked to you guys about that, but we've already got donors. Awesome. Uh, we've got We're a, in the discord. Oh, sure. We got a, I talked to yeah, Dan. I talked to Dan Smots today. We're sitting down this weekend at some point to go over the first campaign video, which is already paid for through donations. So Let's I appreciate go. that. So we're going to have a sick campaign video that we're already working on. That's going to be, it's going to be my brash trolley self, but it's going to be serious too. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Um, so we're running a real campaign. We're running a serious campaign. And in fact, if the, if the other candidates are going to do what they're thinking they're going to do and totally try to ignore me and act like I'm not running a serious campaign, I think that's a bad idea. I think that's a really bad idea on their part. If they're not going to step up to the plate and debate me, Right. If they think I'm just, just this joke of a candidate, I'm going to come into convention with more delegates than they think I am. I promise you, dude. I promise you that's going to happen. I'm going to walk into that convention. And just like just like last year when they didn't think I was going to have enough delegates and we had enough to get it done, it's going to be the same thing, except there's going to be more because I actually have inroads with old guard people, right? I actually have inroads with other caucuses, not just the Mises caucus, not just the haters that hate me. I have inroads with other people in the party too. And there's a lot of people that are unhappy right now with what's going on in the party. There's a lot of people that are unhappy with it. Not, and I'm talking my side of the fence people. People that I've been in this party with since 2017 that have sweated and bled and fought to get the party to where it is now are not happy. 
And I've had, you know, we've talked a lot about, and somebody even said in the chat, they would use you not winning the LP chair against you running so hard as a talking point. I think maybe what he means is that I resigned as the vice chair of the party. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that think that hurts me. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay if you think that hurts me. And I'm okay if you don't want to vote for me because of that. I am. I would implore you as a human being to send me a message on one of the, the platforms and let me talk to you in, personally off the record about why I actually resigned, what was actually going on at National, and the reason I felt I had no other option whatsoever. Because I guarantee you, out of the hundreds of calls that I've had like that, maybe five people didn't understand it. Maybe. I just had another one tonight that Ryan heard me talking. And that person that I talked to tonight, we're not going to name names, has been around since 2017, 2018 with the caucus. And said tonight that they would literally quit their position in the party and join my presidential campaign. And yes, we feel exactly the way that you felt when we resigned and we understood what it was. He also told me that when the, the board found out that I was running for president, several of the members, all the members of the board that I knew would do this, are treating it like a joke. And I think that's a mistake. If you don't think I'm a serious candidate, what the hell was I doing for the last six years? You guys know I can build a national movement. You know I can. You've seen me. In fact, I was the one that helped you do it. So I don't think it's going to hurt me as bad as, as people think it's going to hurt me. I really don't. I think there'll be some people that hold out. But if you, if you really want to understand the reasoning of why I had to step down as national chair, please send me a message. But I also want to preface that with who is better right now? Who is going to go out and spread the principles the way that you know I can? Who? I'm not running for national leadership, dude. I'm not running to be on a boring... Uh, administrative board with a bunch of people and, and find out that some of my friends aren't the people I thought they were. Mm -hmm. I'm running to run my own campaign, which already has 40 staff members, which is already filed, which is already taking in contributions, mm -hmm. which is already has enough money already. I announced on Saturday. No, it wasn't Saturday that I announced. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. I filed three days ago. It's Thursday now. It's been 72 hours. I filed like 72 hours or maybe sunday it was sunday. it was cert it was certainly saturday night when i found out you were running for president you sure absolutely not sunday okay so maybe it's been five because days. i was not sober when it happened okay so maybe it's been five days we already have enough money for for media we already have a hired paid campaign manager we already have a treasurer that will be paid eventually filed at, on the on the form the the statement of organization i mean we're serious dude we got we're already working on policy we have full mm -hmm. policy team almost entirely already. We got a full website that was built in 24 hours. My friend Cody put that thing up in 24 hours, dude. We're running a real campaign. If you are going to act like I'm not running a real campaign, drop out of the race right now because I'm coming for you, dude. I am coming for you. And you're not going to be able to get away from me. And you're not going to be able to get all the way to the convention before you have a debate with me. I promise you that. I promise you. If you're running for president in the Libertarian Party, you better start accepting debates right away. Because if you don't, it's going to be too late. Because I work hard. I work very hard. Anybody who followed my runs for a chair knows how hard I work nationally. I'm already booking events. I'm already going to Liberty on the Rocks in Colorado in September. I'm, I, I've got, I'm ready, dude. So, yeah, say, say what you want to say, but, but we're coming. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, I, I certainly think you're the best candidate currently running. 
I, I, I think it's going to energize a lot of people, whether they're for you or against you, and it's going to make it a competitive and interesting race rather than the snooze fest of, I guess, maybe I don't hate one of these guys sure. that we had before. So it it feels like there's an actual race now that's that's started to pick up because there's some you know actual like animosity going on which you know presidential race there's going to be some oh no doubt there's no doubt about that we uh we got a chat from Rob he says think the Mises caucus could try and ignore your run and how would you react to that no they can't they can't no the board could the board of the Mises caucus can ignore me all they want. Michael Heiss and Luke and all them great uh, Jeff Douglas, who I love. I love those guys. Don't get me wrong. They could. They could just unilaterally ignore. They could ignore my campaign. No <laughs> doubt they could. The members aren't going to ignore my campaign. I promise you the members aren't going to ignore my campaign. And I've already had conversations with a lot of Mises Caucus members, one-on-one, -on, -one, on the phone. They know what's going on. They know why I resigned. They know the, the whole deal already. And several of them are in my team chat for my for my campaign. So no, the Mises Caucus can't ignore my 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 run. The, the board can, and they could not endorse me. They didn't endorse me for vice chair either, and they basically ignored my run for vice chair, and we won. So, I, and I feel like people people aren't going to be able to successfully ignore you unless they get a Dave Smith or Spike Cohen or something yeah, like that yeah. running yeah. and. If we get that, great. Then we have a second good candidate running. Sure. And I, and I, I don't think Dave's running. I don't. So what, what are the theories about why they would wait? I have heard theories about they're waiting to announce. Who, Dave? Dave and Spike. I don't know about Dave, but I, I, Dave has alluded to he doesn't want to put his family through that and all that mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, he's really kind of alluded to the fact that he's already not running. If you, if you watch him, like on Rogan and stuff like that, mm -hmm. he's already really kind of alluded to the fact that he's not running. He could be giving everyone the slick willy. I don't know. But I can tell you that it, for all intents and purposes, the way it looks is that Dave is not running. Spike has not announced that he's running. Right. Neither is that, of them. Is that unusual for, yes, for right, right now? It's, we're, we're less than a year away from the national convention, which is where you need the delegates yeah. to vote for you to get on the, in the general and get on the ballot. So, yes, it's very, it's very unusual that someone would not be campaigning one year out, especially with a name like that. Okay. In my opinion. Now it, the, the, I could be wrong and I love Spike too. Spike's a good friend of mine. We, we hung out a lot. Yeah, I really thought him. he was going to run. A lot of people did, but he's also got a really successful organization. You know what I mean? This whole, you are the power you thing the that power. he's done. Yep. He's done really, really well for himself, for the movement. And, um, he may not need, he may not feel that he needs to run. He may feel like he's better at doing what he's doing now. And I would be cool with that. You know I feel I mean? like that might be the same sentiment that Dave Smith has. Yeah, I think I think Dave I think Dave's probably like I don't want to go and put my whole life on the line and do that for a year and a half or two. Years. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, I I haven't talked to either one of them about it. I did I did send a message privately to Spike and said, "Hey, man, man to man, you know, just between me and you, are you running?" I'd like to know since I'm announced. Yeah. You're my friend. I don't want to step on Spike's toes either. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I would probably, if Spike announced, I would run and then at convention say I want to be vice, vice president. Right. And I'd be fine with that. That'd be a hell of a ticket. 
Yeah, me and Spike would be. <laughs> or a Smith and Smith ticket, or a, a, yeah. yeah, I mean any of the any combination of that ticket would be a lot of fun. Because listen, this is the other thing too. I'm not one of the. I'm not Chase, right? I'm not like I'm gonna win the presidency. That's fucking stupid. You're stupid if you think you're gonna win the presidency in 2024 as a libertarian. Right. You right. you will be an ultra ultra Chad if you get five percent in the election. Yep. Ultra Chad, dude. And I mean like. No one will ever forget you again for the rest of your life yep. and, and beyond because 5% is a big deal for the Libertarian Party because then we're a massive national party. They have to put us on the ballot in all 50 states, mm. right? They have to include us in the debates. And, and here's the thing. I've said this for a long time. The, the party's put up shitty candidates for the last at least 15 years. Okay? I think the last good candidate they had was in like 2000 and like real good candidate, like 2004 maybe, Badnarik maybe. And um, they keep trying the same shit where it's like, we're trying to be like the old parties, right? We're trying to be like, we're trying to compare to those guys. And it's like, no, we're here to contrast, dude. 61% of the population didn't vote for a presidential candidate in, in, in 2016, dude. Yep. 61% of voting people in the United States did not vote for a president. Those are the people we need to go after because that's where we're going to get our 5%, dude, yep. right? And I have, I have what it takes. I yeah. know that. I think that if anybody could get that 5% running right now, it's me. And am I under the illusion that I will be the next president of the United States of America? Yeah. Ha ha. That's all I can say. I mean, you have to be <laughs> yeah. really out of your mind to think that this is anything more than a 50-state media tour trying to hit 5% yep. in, in, the, in election day. That's it, dude. That's what we're doing here. That's the whole mission this year. If that's not your mission, leave. Leave right now. If you can't start booking a 50-state media tour, you can do it from your house, dude. Most of the media mm -hmm. now does satellites. You can do it from your house in your own state, dude. You don't even have to always travel to the state for the media. You do want to go shake hands with people at events. But if you don't understand that this is a 50-state media tour to shake hands and kiss babies and tell people about libertarianism and try like hell to get 5% for the National Party, leave the race right now. You're not, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here if you're telling everyone you're going to win the presidency. Your friends. Tell other people you're going to win the presidency. Hell yeah. Tell all the, all, all the voters, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win. Hell yeah, we're going to win. But it's not true. Well, it's, I think there's always a possibility, right? A lot, it's like a lottery chance. But um, The CIA, yeah. listen, dude, you've read my platform, bro. Yes. If I win the presidency, I will be dead in a week. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt uh, about I'm it. Sorry, I'm laughing about that. It's, but... Whether it's the CIA, the only I've thought about, I've thought about like, that as well. How would they it, do it? Was it? Like, you know, like if Dave Smith, I I thought there was a lottery chance, like oh, one in right. a trillion that he wins. If it's like Trump, Biden, and people are just sick of it, and there's like that tiniest fraction of a sliver of a chance and then if he gets elected he would be he'd be dead i'll be dead immediately i'll be dead yeah. don't ride in any convertible you, you, you read my you've read my my yes. whole platform right and yes. that's not done yet there's worse ones coming uh, but i'll be dead week. listen i don't know who's gonna kill me uh whether it's the cia the fbi the trans community <laughs> the, the, AD, uh, the adl or the splc i don't know one of them maybe uh is probably gonna get me but i'll be dead in a week dude if i win the presidency there's no doubt about it i guarantee that but i'll be a fucking catalyst for something disclaimer he's not suicidal i'm not suicidal at he's all. never yeah. wanted to i have him. never thought about killing me yeah. i love my life very much i love my kids and my family and i'm very <laughs> happy um I, I will tell you dude like like 
I, I don't know who it would be, but someone would definitely take me out. There's no doubt about it if I won the presidency. But I'm not stupid, and I don't think I'm going to win the presidency. No. I have another mission, and that mission is to turn as many people towards a new way of thinking as possible and get 5% of the vote. That's my goal. 5% of the vote, dude. That's it. That's all I want is 5%. And I know that out of that 61% of people that can't even stomach voting for the Republicans and Democrats anymore, I can, I can energize them enough to show up at my rallies and show up at my events and go down to the ballot box and vote for me. I know I can. I know I can do it. That's, listen, that's my elevator speech when I go to door, uh, door knocking and they say, well, why would I vote for a liberty? I'm throwing my vote away. You know, right. My elevator speech is independent voters are the largest block. If every independent voter voted libertarian, it would be We'd the win. largest landslide win of all time. in U.S. history. Of all time. Of yeah. all time. Of all time, yeah. So that's how far it's Well, it's, it's, you know, it's worse side. than that because a lot of independent voters do vote. Even outside of those independent voters, there's 61% of the population that did not vote for it a president. didn't vote at all. Right? At all. Yeah, it's, it's eligible to vote. Eligible. It's, they just don't but vote. But didn't vote. 61%. So we're talking, we're talking uh, how many million, 200 million people, three, what is it, 300 million? 300 300 and, it's like 350 million people. Yeah. And there was like 1.5 million votes or something like that. I don't know, dude. We're ruled by a minority. Yes. We're entirely ruled by a minority, dude. <laughs> but if I, could di- if I can dip in to five of that, the other 50%, the other, the other uh, 56% can stay home. And I could dip into 5% of that. We, that's a win. That's a win for the libertarians. People can no longer go, oh, that's a joke of a party. That's a real contender. That's the first third party to ever do that. And we could do that. I know I can do that. Because I know enough people that hate the government so bad that, that I could get those votes. So, Well, do you know who the top three vote-getters in, of all time for the Republican caucus in Iowa is? It goes Donald Trump, right. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, all in 2016. Right. Because the people you're trying to reach, that same strategy, those are all the people that Trump brought in. Right. Oh, I know that. Like that's that's exactly what Trump did, and it can be done. Well, and here's the other thing too. I I've been you know who I've been messaging to a lot is the the Vivex supporters. The Vivex oh, supporters. Ramaswamy. Yeah, because listen, mm-hmm. if if you think Vivek's going to be in the general as a Republican, you're high. You're high, dude. Right. He's got a lot of really great positions, bro. He's really good. On I'm guns. reading his book right now. Yeah, he's really good on a lot of stuff, dude. But I'm 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 honestly even in these gun groups that I've been in where I've been showing my my. my Self-defense policy, I'm calling it for the normies, mm-hmm. but the gu- the gun issues. Yeah, they're like, oh, I, I'm getting like a ton of support in those groups already. People are like, dude, tell me what I can do. How can I help you? What, what, what do you need? But a lot of them are like, oh, we're supporting Vivek, and I'm like, that's great. I'm not running as a Republican, but when he's not there in the general, and I am, can I get your vote? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. They're not voting for the other guys. They like Vivek because they're gun guys, dude. Yeah, for all the gun guys. Uh, Josh is the answer to all the Glock customers that want all these features, and Glock just goes, yeah, I don't know, that's not cool. And then aftermarket companies make, listen to the customers, and they make aftermarket products. If they put me all in, the Glock customers switch over and put those parts on their Glock. Bro, if, I, if they put me in the White House, everybody can go buy a Switch for their Glock tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Switch, whatever you want, dude. You can do it. <laughs> and, and I had this conversation with a guy today, too. He was talking about, well, I don't think that, um, you know, ex-violent offenders should be able to get guns and i'm like why they already do sir yeah he's like he's like well the, if you get rid of the the nics 
then which I, I want to ban in my platform. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then, then they, the, you know, they'll be able to legally get guns. I said, well, they can get, I said, look, yeah. I, this is my exact, my exact words to it. I said, violent felons are running around in Chicago with 50 round extended clips and switches on their Glocks yes. right now. Fully automatic. Every pistols. single day. What did the NICS do to stop that? In fact, all it did is stop you from being able to get a 50 the, round clip. Uh, sir, the ATF is knocking on your front door. They're looking for your pistol brace. They want your pistol brace. They're ignoring the gangsters in Chicago. Right. Exactly. Because that's harder. Yeah, it's harder. They it's can't get easier to show up at your address that you provided with your credit card payment. Yeah. Oh, Noble Phoenix wants to, told me to bring full autos and bazookas back. I don't think he's read my platform. <laughs> you, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my, my gun uh, platform for you right yeah. now, buddy. It's... uh. Yeah, you'll be able to get fully auto if, if I become the president of the United States. I, I, I guarantee that. Uh, so this is my immediate gun policy. This is like day one executive order shit, dude. Okay. Uh, abolish the ATF. We're done with them. Mm -hmm. We don't need them. They don't mm -hmm. serve a purpose. All they do is hurt. Mo the majority of the time, they hurt law-abiding citizens. Uh, and liquidate their assets. And liquidate their assets, yeah. yes. Yeah, we'll uh, pay, we're paying back everybody that... that uh, or my suggestion was... Pay back everyone that's paid a two hundred dollar tax stamp. Sure. It's unconstitutional. No, we're gonna sell off. So no, we're gonna auction off government property. Yes, to pay reparations. Reparations. This have is been, actual reparations. Actual reparations to to pay reparations to people who've yeah. been forced to buy NFA stamps, tax stamps. Yeah, we don't want to hear from you, Maj. We're yeah. this is different reparations. We're gonna nullify Biden's pistol brace ban immediately. That's that's gone. Uh, you should be able to have a pistol brace. Uh, we're going to institute national reciprocity and constitutional carry. Very important. National yep. reciprocity and constitutional carry. Yeah. Uh, no more having to, to go and get a permit, even in your own state. Shouldn't have to happen. Uh, repeal the Gun-Free Schools Act of 1993, which keeps uh, school administrators oh, yeah. from having firearms. Uh, it was funny because when I was going over this platform with my friend Will, who uh, is great and really good on gun stuff, um, we, he looked into the stats. Do you know that like 50 to 70% of school shootings, uh, that law right there is the reason why they've had. Damn. Yes. That's why they're a gun-free zone. In Tennessee, the, the, one of the most recent shootings at the, at the Christian school in Tennessee, yep. that person skipped by their original target that was not a gun-free zone. Yes, and that was in the manifesto yeah. that was then turfed by the FBI. But oh, we're it's part of an active investigation. We can't show you that yet. But here's and the thing: weeks the later, thing. can we see it now? No, never. Sorry. Here, here's the thing, though. That's not the first time that's happened. It's happened a lot. It was like a, a yeah. large amount of school shootings. A school shooter had actually passed up a school that wasn't a, a gun-free, yeah, or a, a target that wasn't a gun-free zone for a gun-free zone. Happens very, very frequently. Yeah, breaking news. Uh, mass shooters, they don't want to die. Yeah. They want to carry out their mission right. first. Then they either off so, themselves. So we're going to get rid of the Gun-Free Schools Act of 1993, which was signed into law by George Bush, by the way, in case you're wondering. Somebody, <laughs> one, of the gun, one of the gun groups, uh, the guy's like, why did you only name Biden on here? And, and why are you only using laws that are from one side of the, of the aisle? I said, I said, who do you think was in, uh, in, in the presidency when um, the, the NFA was enacted? Who do you yeah. think it was? It was... I, I tell you. Oh, 1984. Would have been... Uh, Eddie. Come on, man. Who's in 34? Th Teddy Roosevelt, dude. Oh, Roosevelt. Yeah. Wasn't it Teddy Roosevelt? Wow. No. Was Teddy, it? Teddy Roosevelt, the... Even the reason uh, healthcare is in 
tied to employment is the sole reason. I might be wrong. You capped people. With benefits and yeah, it's Teddy, Teddy was one of them. It was Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. And yeah. you know, and you know what party Teddy Roosevelt was in? He was re- no, he was the Moose Party. No, he was in the Republican. He was the Republican Party, and the Moose Caucus or something. I shouldn't need to tell you. I shouldn't need to tell was you it? who was. I shouldn't need to tell you who was in office when the Gun Free Schools Act was passed. It was George Bush who signed that on the law. So you're yeah. telling me that I'm only calling out one side of the aisle when I have two at least regulations here that were signed into law by Republicans. Okay. Yeah, um, that's a duopoly thing. I hate that. Oh yeah, do they, that. Like, all the worst shit dude, that happens in this country it finds comes from both sides. Bipartisan guys. support. Yeah, yes, every time gun control comes uh, from both sides, guys. We're gonna repeal the NFA. No concessions. Zero concessions. NFA is gone. We don't keep a piece of it. Thank you. Gone. Uh, and then, last but not least, we're gonna ban the NICS. No more. There's no reason for you to have to like register when you buy property. Nope. Period. End of story. It's unconstitutional. It's always nope. been unconstitutional. And it keeps many people from being able to defend themselves. I don't care if you were a violent felon once, once in your life. If it's been 10 years you've been out of prison and you haven't recommitted a violent felony, why should you not be able to protect yourself? What if you have a family and kids and all that shit? Like, stupid, dude. And anyways, the NCIS or the NICS does not keep violent criminals from getting guns. It never has. It never will. None of these regulations have done anything. Nope. At all. At all. If you serve a sentence, why would you then be barred from protecting your property and family? Yeah, you've already That's served your That's extending your sentence for the rest of your life. It's, a, it's so you go to jail, you serve your, your time, and then you're done, you're out, you're free, but now you're still serving that time. You're still stripped of constitutional sure. rights. It's a fucking bad loophole. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that drugs should be a crime. I am anti-drug war entirely. I think the DEA is mostly uh, bloat and has been. They've spent trillions of dollars on something that they're losing and always they're going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. There's, I mean, listen, you could add an enhancement to a uh, crime charge for drugs, maybe. If somebody burglarized somebody while they were drunk or high or something like that, maybe you could add an enhancement. But there's no reason for somebody to have drugs in their pocket and go to jail. You plow into somebody with your car. Yes. And they test your well, that's a th- they that's do a th- toxicology. Yeah. And they think that was part listen, not even it doesn't even I don't know. Right like right now it doesn't matter whether that's part of the crash. Right. Right? They can't really determine that. Like you're fucked up. Yes, they can. We assume they do. I know, they but we assume time. that caused the crash. But maybe it didn't. Maybe you were just drunk driving and you <laughs> you know, had an accident. Right. So I think maybe if you plow into a van or something full of kids and you know, you're loaded, I get it. Well, there's, there's already a, there's, but there's already charge. an enhancement there for that. Exactly, it's already yeah. against the law. This goes goes back to the to the gun crimes too. You know, somebody murders somebody. Oh yeah, they're real concerned about that five year charge for a short barrel. They don't give a shit about that. No. They murdered someone. Yeah, they're already breaking the law. Right, it's a life sentence. Right. So, but I but I'm I'm not anti uh, sentence enhancements for getting high and then going and doing crime. I am oh, okay. anti okay. sentences for drugs. In general. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Period. Like, if you're caught with a an eighth of weed in Texas, you'll go to jail. In Iowa, you'll go to jail. Like, that's stupid, dude. It shouldn't be scheduled that way. It's weed. I don't care. Right. I I don't want people like standing outside my house smoking fucking weed all night with my kids around and shit. I don't want it. I don't want that to happen. But I'm gonna protect my own property. I don't need the cops to come and do it if someone's out there smoking weed. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna yep. tell you, like, hey man, go up to the park and smoke that shit. You know? 
like so i'm not i'm i don't think that i don't think that you should <laughs> jordan benke in the in the chat said you should be arrested for fraud if your drugs are low quality no mints. <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't like i don't i'm anti-drug war i think the drug war is an absolute sham it's really destroyed a ton of like it's destroyed a lot of homes that could have been not fatherless homes it killed yeah, george I, floyd and i george floyd would still be alive today I if you wouldn't have had to eat that fentanyl right. to keep it away from the cops that's gonna trigger so many people too but it's true it's true it's guys truth, yeah the cops approached him and he freaked out and ate his stash because he didn't want to get caught with it i think ending the drug war is the most pro minority policy that you can have because it's up there dude yeah gonna put oh, i'm not pro, I'm not pro minority yeah. though so you mean the asians i'm just not pro i'm not pro minority at all dude i'm not pro minority or i'm, I'm definitely not pro majority like, yeah fuck no the, the people that focus on that that's always what i point to that's the biggest impact we can have right away because it's going to put fathers back into homes it's going to put families back together and it's going to have a huge impact jordan benke also I feel said like that's no a... make braces illegal and stocks mandatory oh yeah i i, I should have said that i think josh just misspoke i didn't want to stop your stop your rolling you're rolling you accidentally said you can have a pistol brace which yes you can have a pistol brace but you can have a stock on it too it doesn't matter you can have a stock you can have hey you want a two inch barrel great you want a 30 inch barrel great there's no restrictions on what kind of weapon can we, you can have can we can we say that goes like, away can we say like an unintended consequence of of these gun policies that i'm i would try to pass sure. the amount of jobs it would create oh absolutely it would be a massive massive industry absolutely for, for gun accessories dude like a massive industry i want a self-defense cannon everywhere where there's alcohol and tobacco Bro, out, there should out, be fire out the back door right here in the studio <laughs> and look across the street the guy literally has a cannon in his, in his backyard dude Oh yeah, there's literally like a world, like a civil war cannon setting on his lawn, that's that's like uh, operatable, like it still works. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. The, you can have a cannon. Yeah. You can have a cannon legally yes. already, mm -hmm. and in especially in Iowa. But those were weapons of war. You can't have. Yeah, those. you can have a tank, but you can't have like you can't drive around on streets. Okay, you got to promise me that we, maybe this is an amendment to your self defense policy. Okay, if we own tanks. Like maybe, we'll, maybe we'll flesh this out later. Can you imagine? We want live weapons on the tank. Yeah. Like, I trust you, dude. Yeah. Okay, don't... Please don't shoot any tank rounds into cars on the highway. But if you want to drive your tank around, that's cool. I'll tell you this, dude. I don't think that there's a single dude in uh, South Chicago right now that's rocking a $150 Glock with a clip, with a switch on it in Chicago that he bought out of a, a the back yeah, of, a, no. of, a, of a Dodge Charger. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that any of those guys are going to be able to afford a tank. I'm sorry. No, probably not. You're, you're talking about, we're talking about, you're going to go buy a tank, even like a World War II tank, it's going to cost you well over $500,000, dude. Well, we're going to need some tanks because when you legalize, <laughs> when you decriminalize all the drugs, the Sinaloa cartel is going to want a word with you. Sure. Oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be ready. <laughs> dude. They're going to be really upset. When they're going to be yeah. upset. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that. Uh, just another group of people that are going to want to kill me a weekend of my presidency. Right? <laughs> they're probably scarier than the CIA, to be honest with you. Yeah. I know they're probably all CIA plan. Yeah, a lot of them are, I'm sure <laughs> they're selling. Paid they're selling the cocaine. They're they're CIA yeah. plans. 
Uh, no, so that, yeah, I'm, I'm seriously running for, and I actually have a legit ca campaign website if you want to go and look. I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the chat. You can donate to the campaign there. You can find out how to volunteer there. Uh, it also has all of my current issues. I'm still working on other issue plat uh, planks, but I think there's eight or nine of them up there now, uh, including the, the, my very, very controversial one of, uh, treating child sex transitions, um, and the doctors who perform them the same as, uh, uh, the federal violation for child sex trafficking i don't think it's, sense. it's that crazy not crazy at all no affirming care should be helping people come to terms with reality that's what that's what the health care is dude literally you are losing touch with reality in your brain mm -hmm. and there's a man there telling you here let's get you on this medication and have a talk about why this isn't reality and why you need to come back to reality that's what it is they do the same thing for schizophrenics and all these people so as a child, if you're affirming something, it should be affirming reality, period. Now, when you're an adult, I don't want anything to happen to you. Adults should be able to do whatever the fuck they want with their bodies. I don't care. If you want to, if you want to put a forearm grafted dick on your forehead, I'm okay with you doing that as an adult. I don't care. But these children that are, are lonely and depressed and maybe friendless and having issues, like, no, dude, this is not the way. Life altering and mutilation and, and medicines, no, not at all. So I want, to treat it the same, I want to treat it the same way that you would treat child sex trafficking for the doctors who perform and prescribe this stuff. And I mean that. Um, and they're probably not going to like it. A lot of people, a lot of libertarians aren't going to like it. I honestly, I don't think a lot of people uh, will, will be upset about that. I think a very small, vocal minority will be upset about that. Yeah, I agree. You know? Um, definitely the gun stuff. Definitely uh, day one where... Um, we're calling the ADL and the SPLC hate groups. We're designating them both. Good. Love to see it. The uh, SPLC is mostly destroyed right now. Yeah, but the ADL is yeah, not. They're, they're a shell of their former selves, but yeah. the ADL is, is pumping. What's going on in the news? It's almost like Mitch McConnell uh, had a stroke on, li on live TV, huh? I mean, that I was, that was seizure, a lot. I think that was, he was spaced out, right? You, you heard, see, I want to hear the seizure, seizure. thing. I, yeah, and not from like any official source, but I saw I thought several... you fall and shake on the ground and stuff. Did he get his uh? Did, I, did he get his booster recently? I have no idea, but I've I've heard that I heard from several people that that hey, I have like a family member that has seizures. You know what's shown in movies and TV is overblown. Uh, a lot of the time, you could have smaller seizures like this where you just freeze up and okay, seize yeah, up. okay, okay. Ryan has them every show, dude. Fair know, enough. You know, watch. Fair enough. I'm, I'm trying to don't. think of some sort of witty <laughs> retort. I know, and I know tried. And I was like, was in my head, I'm like, come on, Ryan, you got this, dude. You got this. Go, buddy. You got it. And he just couldn't do it. That's no, okay, no, Ryan. I just seized up. It, it, wouldn't be, <laughs> it wouldn't be as cool. Like, if when I dumped on you, you had witty comebacks. It just wouldn't be as cool, dude. Most of the time, I like to think I do. We know that you do. Yeah. We know that you think that you like to think that you do. We know that. <laughs> we know that. We, we love that about you, Ryan. I, I, I was like, Deciding whether to push back or lean in, and I couldn't find a good route for either one. But I think seizing up might have been a good option. Yep. Did to Mitch? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> up. Is there anything uh, else you want to say to the people? Uh, yeah. Uh, can I get some Epcocks in the chat? Yeah. Well, he the drugs that they're giving him and Joe Biden are starting to wear off. I just think he had dollars. a moment, and he just because his eye, he was just he was just his eyes were focused on a point. And man, it seemed like forever, didn't it? Maybe there was it was maybe six Nancy, seconds, but Nancy it was fucking forever, and no one said anything. 
Nancy Pelosi flashed her tits. I, I was about weird... to say, maybe there was big titties in the, <laughs> yeah. in the... I love weird shit like that on TV. I fucking love that when the Matrix breaks. I loved uh, it. Let's see. JC, what's up, man? Thanks for being a member for five months, man. I appreciate you. You got that green tag there. Uh, he says, what happened to the SPLC so we can apply that to other organizations? <laughs> oh, I, I know a little bit about that. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about it. That's a... Uh, so, Gavin McInnes, a.k.a. the founder of the Proud Boys, founder of Censor.tv, so he's been slowly dismantling them with lawfare. So whenever they say something about him or he's on Wikipedia or whatever it is, uh, where normally you would let something go and go, oh, they're just wrong, I'll fight on social media, he will sue them. And he's got money to do that. Right. So he's been slowly dismantling them with lawfare, and they're ejecting all their executives from their, from their board. So this is Gavin McGinnis that's having a big Pretty much. That's really cool, dude. Yeah. Pretty much. That makes me like Gavin even more. Yeah, sure. Uh, I did miss a super chat here. My our good friend of the show, Level Zero, who's been a, he's got that gold Bitcoin tag. Dude. He's been around for a while. Uh, break the cycle tag. Sorry, it's just shaped like the Bitcoin B. But uh, he gave us five dollars super chat. He said, "You're the best candidate running by far. No question. You can change minds." I like that. And yes. and and, it, and it, here's the thing, dude. Like, so so every time somebody's like, "Oh, you're not a serious candidate. You're not this." I get on some call or some meeting or something. And, and always there's somebody who's like, I just want to let you know that you brought me here. You're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I'm doing this. Even Ryan, Brian yeah. said that on our, on our chat the other night, but that happens every single mm -hmm. time I get on any kind of call with people. And I keep telling myself like, oh, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And then I get on a call like that. And I remember like how many people I was able to influence to get into this movement in the first place. And then to join the party, which is not easy to get people to join the party no. to pay dues and shit. Like that's not easy to do, dude. It's not an easy thing to convince people to join a political party when they're fucking libertarian, dude. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they don't like that. So I, I would agree. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. But I definitely have the biggest platform too of all yes. the candidates. You know, Chase, Chase just hit 10,000 on Twitter and he's been running for a year and mm -hmm. he just hit 10,000. I hit 20,000 this morning and I haven't ever ran. I haven't even been campaigning. And, and we've gotten, since I announced the campaign, like almost 400, 500 new followers on Twitter. I've like gotten that. like 10 of them. Yeah, you guys are probably going to get a lot more. <laughs> yeah, after, after the Twitter space, I had like eight people follow me and I was like, hell yeah. Well, and that's, Yeah, dude, I'm at like 360 maybe. Well, and that's the thing. Like, and, and people are like, you know, there's also people out there that think that I'm only boost, but doing this to boost my own platform. Like, I don't give a shit, dude. I can boost my own platform without a presidential run. I've been doing it for years. What are you looking at, buddy? Oh, his he's jerking off Twitter to his three seventy one. Secrets don't make friends, you know. Going up. Like, oh, can we mention? Can we mention that? Um, so the uh, Iowa State Fair is coming up. Uh, we oh, have a state fair in the country, by the way. Best state fair in the country, hands down. Minnesota kind of looks at us side eyes sometimes, but it's Iowa. Yeah. So uh, August tenth through twentieth in Des Moines, uh, we'll have a booth at the Varied Industries Building. And an LPIA booth, and so we have that. We have a, a, a sign-up sheet online. Maybe I'll maybe we'll put that in the chat. Hopefully, maybe. Uh, and we need more more volunteers. But Chase Oliver will be there. Yeah, he has signed up. If you guys haven't been following, to be I mean, at our booth. I've been, I've been trying to beat up on Chase to get him to debate me, and he's ducking. He hasn't said a single word. Since so I then, so then I reached out personally because at our convention. He auctioned off uh, two hours of volunteer time. 
And so I purchased that. I believe it was $150. Would you believe it? Would you believe it that the person who purchased that happens to be on my show? Shocker. Couldn't, couldn't have been better. So I personally reached out and said, hey, what I'd like for that two hours, it's campaigning, phone banking, whatever, something libertarian come related, on, break the right? Cycle. Why don't you come on the show one of the nights that you're in town, that you're at the fair? Come on one of the nights and we'll have a live stream. And we were thinking about maybe a debate, but you know what? Just let's have a free flow conversation. Yeah. Uh, no moderator. Just shoot the shit. And Josh will be on his best behavior, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not going uh, <laughs> to. Uh, I but, won't. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I put it out there and just said, hey, here's a, a platform on YouTube that you can you know, get some viral clips from or whatever, and you can put out your platform and you can compare and contrast each other, but maybe not go at each other. I don't know. Uh, and I got a response back. What did he say? Um, shortly. I can pull this up. It was in the negative. Um, yeah, he definitely wasn't in the affirmative. It's from his media coordinator, Amber Howell. I'll go ahead and read this. Okay. I'm so sorry. I will have to respectfully decline the request to be on the show at the present time. If we can help with anything else, please reach out to me at and then you also email address. So, for, so here's for here's the media. Let, let me summarize this for the people watching. You paid two hundred dollars. Uh, well, I think one fifty. One fifty. One fifty cash, I believe, for an auction that gave two hours of basically whatever volunteer time you yeah, need. Yeah, volunteer time to the Iowa LPIA from yeah, Chase. Yeah. And Chase and you said, "Hey, all you got to do, all I need you to do, is that when you're already in town." Now, the fair is about yep. 15 minutes away from my house. He's signed up. He's going to be at the soapbox. Yeah. He's done media. He's done a, yep. a short media tour here, so he'll be on the soapbox. Yeah. So he's going to be here already. We have a full studio right here in the house. We would feed him dinner and everything. Yeah. I would let Chase stay at my house in the basement. Yeah, absolutely. And then come and, and sit in the couch. Versace sleeping bag. Come, yeah. Come and sit on the couch and have a conversation on camera about our paths to yep. the presidency it's not that crazy dude it's really not that crazy yeah that's i thought it'd be great you know uh two presidential candidates for the lp in iowa at the same time why not yeah and he had to respectfully decline well his his i will say honestly his media coordinator did her you know yeah so, but i'm sure there's a i'm sure there's like a gag order if anything comes out about joshua smith it's no and and don't say anything i'm I sure that's what it is Maybe Chase will reach out to us. I, don't know, I doubt see. it. Heavily, heavily doubt that that's going to happen, buddy. Uh, and it's going to be a ducking contest. Nick did the same thing to me in for the lead up to the chair race in 2018, 2017. Was he just like, dude, I literally went to Arizona. Okay. My first state convention for that campaign. I went to Arizona and I stayed in a house with Adam Kokesh and friends in an Airbnb. I ended up sleeping in a bathtub. It was a fucking crazy time. What did that room smell like? The bat, the room, the bedroom. Yeah. Or I, dude, I woke. So his media guy. I woke up at like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and I was like, I heard noises, and I'm. I had the curtain closed, and I was sleeping in the bathtub with like a sleeping bag and shit. And I woke up, and all of a sudden, the whole bathroom just smelled like shit. And I like moved the curtain, and his media guy, the big guy, sat there on the toilet, shit right next to me. Like, <laughs> oh fuck, dude. And uh, and just the shower curtains. Yeah, I had the shower curtain Between closed. Him? Yeah, okay. And he didn't know his privacy. I don't think he knew was I was in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, but we went to the, the convention <laughs> and we didn't tell anybody in Arizona that I was coming. And I had already been going at Nick for months, but I hadn't even announced. And then I was announced, and now I'm at a convention. And I, 
Kokesh is like, dude, walk up to him and call him out for a debate. Cause I'd been calling him out for a debate and Kokesh followed me with a camera. I still have it in my Google mail files. And, and I walk, I'm like, yo, yo, Nick, what's up? What's up with that debate, bro? And he wouldn't even look at me. He's like, hey, oh, hey, Josh. Hey, Adam. You know, he did his little thing. He's like, I don't know. You know, we'll just have to see. And then Nick ended up slaughtering me, slaughtering me in a debate at the national convention. I mean, absolutely destroyed me. I had never, I want you guys to know this. I was working, fighting my ass off to try and get a debate with a trial lawyer. Okay. He's a trial lawyer. Yep. Two-time, at the time, two-time chair of the national committee. Uh, you know, candidate several times over, big-time business uh, owner, all this shit. And I... Business yeah, I owner. Know. And, I'm, and I'm fighting my ass off to get a, a debate with this guy. And uh, he absolutely creamed me. That was my first live debate I'd ever been in in my entire life. I had never done a live debate prior to that. And it was like, I had all these really good things to say like a ton of really good shit to say. And I looked out in the crowd and there was 1,600 people. And it turned into a fucking deer in headlights, dude. Deer in headlights. And there was one point where we got to ask one of the candidates a question, like whatever question you wanted to ask him. And I had this really good question lined up for Nick about the direction of the party and what he had been doing and how much money he had raised. And I had it all put together. And they were like, all right, Josh, your turn. And I'm just froze up dude and the whole place is quiet 1600 people silent right and i'm freezing and i'm freezing and someone in the back of the room goes what do you think about bill weld i'm like yeah nick what do you think about bill weld Fuck. immediately i knew i knew i i knew i was toasted and larry sharp did my nomination speech at that convention for, and he gave a brilliant speech dude right and uh and someone in the back of the room said, hey, Larry, what do you think about your boy now? He said, he's done. He's finished. It's over. He knew. Yeah. He knew because I couldn't debate. I didn't know how to debate. And I got lost in the sauce that it was over. Prior to that debate, there was a chance I won that, that at that convention. There was. There was a chance. After that debate, it was over. And I knew it was over. I walked off the stage and was like, it's over, dude. So what I did was I took the next year to work on debate, dude. The whole year, dude. I started doing debates. I did a debate on Patrick Smith's show with with uh, a hardcore libertarian socialist and fucking spanked him, dude. I mean, bad spanked him. I worked my ass off on debate, debate prep, debate skills, speaking skills. Um, I watched that debate with Nick probably 500 times. Dude. Probably 500 times I sat there and cringed every single time, especially at the, hey, Nick, what do you think about Bill Weld question? Like an idiot. And so... When I got to come back and run again in 2022, no, yeah, 2020, uh, 2020 against Joe Bishop Hinchman, every debate I creamed him. I mean, to the point of where people were like, wow, this is really getting bad. But the, the caucus did not have a hold in 2020 yet, and we got very close and lost. Mm -hmm. But I creamed him in every debate. And then when I got there in 2022 for the vice chair race, and they put Joe, uh, Joe Hopman up there against me, it was so, it was like, it, he was like lobbing me softballs, dude. It was like, I, it was, I felt so comfortable up there that it was like, it was like, I was just talking to a normal person. And now I realize I'm actually really good at debate, like really, really good at debate. And if they gave me a chance to get up on a stage with some old party presidential candidates, I'll fucking spank them, dude. It won't even be close. It'll be Ron Paul style, uh, creamery. I mean, just absolutely destroyed. And so 
Um, I want this debate. I want a debate with the other candidates, dude. And I, I think that I could probably get Lars and, and Termat to, to, to debate with me. And, and look, dude, if Chase agrees to debate me somewhere, it, whether it's here or anywhere else, I'm going to be civil. I'm not going to sit there and, and call him a bunch of names. I'm not going to, it's not going to be my internet personality, dude. I'm going to debate yeah, you I, on the top. I, honestly, on I think that's probably what they're, you know, they're, they're looking up your online shit and, you know, going by that and. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Noble, Noble Phoenix says uh, he liked the debate with Larkin Rose. I did a two two and a half hour debate with Larkin Rose at Anarchopoco when they did the, the oh, online. Oh yeah, year. I did a two and a half hour debate with Larkin Rose, and and he says, but you're not going to change any of their minds. I actually changed a lot of their minds. I had people. I had Jose, who's known agorist, came to me and was like, "Look, I I don't agree with you, but you won the debate. Like you definitely won the debate." And that's Larkin Rose, dude. Larkin Rose literally tries to put everybody he debates into a corner and i respect the shit out of larkin like i love larkin stuff i agree with larkin on 99.9 percent of his points bro but i had to argue from the position of a libertarian party officer and why it was okay to use electoral politics and i, I painted him into so many philosophical corners that he couldn't get himself out of that it was like it was very clear that I won the debate. And I was drinking whiskey the whole time. <laughs> Two and a half hours by the time, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, yeah. dude, this is hell of fun, bro. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I really put myself, I put myself through the fire after that Nick debate because I was so like timid and scared to debate anyone again because I was like, I sucked, dude. Mm. And I thought I was going to go out there and kill it. I had notes and every, I was ready. And, and I did debate, debate prep with Larry Sharp, like sat down for dinner and did de debate prep right before the debate. And I don't know. I don't know why I was so bad at, but I was still not a public speaker at that point. I had never been a public speaker before that campaign. At You're all, new at all. And I was terrified and I, I got up there. I hadn't been in, a, in front of a crowd like that doing a debate. I had never done a debate, like a real debate prior to that. But yeah, I sent, I sent the next, I spent the next two years debate prep. I mean, really? And, and I don't think that there's a presidential candidate in the party right now that's going to be able to hang with me in a debate at all, especially not on, on, on policy at no. all. Not even close, dude. Not even close. How do we get a libertarian on the on the national debate stage? So, so I'm talking with my campaign manager about that. Who, by the way, mm -hmm. has uh, worked on several winning campaigns. Uh, famously, the the win at the door uh, uh, push with um, Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, so my my campaign manager is like, dude, I think we can honestly, honestly get you into the debate, the national debates. He's like, he's like, I don't think that the party has ever tried that hard. They like put together you know, media events where they put out hashtags and let them debate and this and that and this and that. But he's like, we could start now. You don't have to get the nomination to start trying to get in the debates. We can start now. Yeah. We can start working to get you into the debates now. And then if you get the nomination, you'll be invited. And so we have a plan. We're not going to divulge that plan. We're not going to share that plan, but there's cool. a plan okay. uh, for, to get a third party into the debates for the very first time with the committee on public debates. Yeah. It'll be the first time it's happened. I really think that's a major key. And I think we can I do really it. Do. And I think we can get 5% in the national, in the, in the election and, and get us guaranteed in the debates going forward. I think I'm the one person that can do that running right now. I think I'll be the first person. I'll be the first person in the party to ever do it. Um, I think I'm, I'm a, I think my work ethic when it comes to campaigning is much better than anybody else's that has ran. Yeah. I really do. I'm pumped for the exposure. Yeah, I really do. I think I have the, I have the language to talk to normal people. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not Gary Johnson. I'm not these Bob, you know, I'm not uh, weld. I'm not these guys that are going to talk like I'm so much better than everybody. And I know more than you. I'm like, 
I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy. I know how to talk to people. You put me in front of a camera in front of a million people and I'm going to change a lot of hearts and minds. Well, media that, knows listen, that. That's a bipart it's a bipartisan theme that people want a regular guy in the White House. They want somebody genuine, right. you know. So um, the that's the whole crux of my campaign is I'm a blue collar working class guy that's yeah. ready to put some sanity back in Washington D.C., man. You know. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, surprisingly, no. <laughs> for the first time, Ryan is speechless. No, yeah. no, no. It happened earlier. When you when you made the seizure comment, it happened earlier. I, I don't. Some a lot of people asking if Dave Smith will give me a public endorsement. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked to Dave in a while. Uh, I think Dave's kind of stepped back from the party. It's what it seems like to me. I love Dave mm -hmm. to death. Dude. Like he's one of my favorite people. He's, he's touring a lot too, isn't he? Yeah, he's been doing a lot of comedy. He's doing tours. a lot I think of comedy. comedy I think his comedy's kind of taken off right mm -hmm. now. And I think he's been one of the flagship guys at the comedy, which is Rogan's. Uh, right. comedy club right. i think he's i think his comedy's really taken off man i think i think and i it's it'll be really great because i made like a thousand dollar bet with somebody that in the next two years he would have a netflix special oh yeah i, I think that's I, a good I literally and this was i made that probably six or seven months ago and so I, it would be really great it's a good bet. it would be really great if he could get that netflix special together so i could get that thousand bucks mm -hmm. buddy um but i don't think he's gonna run i don't know if he'd give me a debate uh he he did my endorsement speech at the convention and it was beautiful, dude. Literally one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life, dude. I think about it all the time. I watch it a lot just to, to get all teary-eyed. Between that and the Ron Paul endorsement from 2020, like, that's a, they're both really big deals. You know what I mean? Like, I love Dave. Dave Smith is, uh, he's a, he's one of, you know, when they say don't never meet your idols. Never meet your heroes. You know, they yeah. say that. I, yeah. he, he's a hero that I'm glad I met, dude. Like, he's yeah. a really fucking cool down-to-earth guy that just chills with his little vape pen. And hangs out and talks to you like a normal person, dude. Your endorsement speech, I think, is what convinced me to join the party. Dave From Smith? Dave Smith? Yeah. Endorsement speech you that, that I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm doing this. Yeah. Shit. Cool. Yeah. yeah uh, Noble Phoenix talking about the Larkin-Rose debate. He says, use every tool in the tell toolbox, man. Duh. Larkin voting against aggression is not a NAP violation. Yeah, that's what, that was my... They, they kept calling me Joshua Toolbox Smith because I said, what if you have a toolbox... And you have a problem, you have like an issue. This is this was how I used to explain it to you know anarchists that are like you don't you don't use electoral politics or whatever. I'd say if you got a toolbox and you have a problem, and you've gone through every single drawer in your toolbox except for one, are you not going to use that drawer? Are you not going to use it? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right, like you got to use every tool in the drawer, drawer in the toolbox to get that problem fixed. Right. So like to me, I think it's all. I think everything is great. Like I think what he's doing is great and teaching people about agorism and. And opting out and not, you know, getting away from being tax, you know, tax uh, slaves and all this stuff. And, but I, I think that there's other ways that help that. And part of that is getting in to the media through the electoral process and, and trying to change normies minds. Cause there's, you know, we're not a majority, dude. We're not, we're the most, and Jeremy, Jeremy Kaufman says it the best, dude. He says that, you know, libertarians are the most oppressed people in the United States, dude. Yeah. More so than any other race or anything. They're the most oppressed people in the United States because they want freedom and they can't have it period. And it's, and it should be a normal thing. It should not be an extreme position to want freedom of your life. It is not. It is the default dog it is the mm -hmm. default position to not have people controlling your life. Correct. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of your platform, especially with the, with the self-defense platform, you know, a lot of people think that like you're adding a rule, you're like making a new rule. He's just repealing everything that's in the way of what you sh what you should be experiencing, you know, with your constitutional rights. 
our rights have been trampled upon. So there's all these obstacles in the way of having your rights, having your freedom. So in a sense, you're more rolling back things that are already there. Not so much, oh, we're going to institute this, we're going to institute this. A lot of libertarianism is like taking the brakes off. Well, it's, it's you know? getting into positions of power to relinquish power. Right. Is what I've always called it. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting in there to try and, and drop a bunch of new laws and fucking, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm trying to get rid of a lot of these laws and a lot of the, the regulation and the, the government bloat and the spending and the wars. And, and these are the things that are important. The federal reserve, like having some unelected bureaucracy setting monetary policy in the country is bullshit, dude. Like it shouldn't be a thing. And blue collar people don't know that. 80% of the people you talk to that are blue collar have no idea what the Federal Reserve is at all. No. Nope. At all. Oh, those are the guys that print money, right? Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, they actually don't print money at the Federal Reserve, first of all. Yeah, the U.S. Mint does. Yeah, the U.S. Mint does. But also, uh, they're the ones setting this fucked up uh, interest rates that are killing you right now, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones who set basically all the monetary policy in the country. They're the ones that set the tone for them all. Now, the Treasury does a lot of it, yep. but they're the ones who set the tone, and they're an unelected bureaucracy board that's how, so how, Josh, how are they punished when they break the rules? They aren't, they're not punished. Isn't the, the federal rules technically say this in the loosest sense possible, a private organization? Yeah. No, it's not technically. They it's are separate. It's yeah. separate. Yeah. 100% separate. It's the largest bank in the world, dude. And it is a private bank. Yeah. It is not. A, now the government does have some say over who chairs it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You can basically think about it as like a like a, a NGO non-government organization somebody who works with the government but it's not part of the government it's like a committee that the government chooses the the chair for or the the board and but it's not the government they're not the government they're a private institution they're not technically the government no they're not the government dude the federal reserve yeah. is not the government dude they are not wow. the government they're dudes with mustaches and black capes, bro. Yeah, bro. It's literally, it's really, literally like all the conspiracy theories you talk about in this country. That's the, it's the Fed, dude. The they're Fed. the ones. Yeah, they're the ones sure. the and the Fed, well, right? I, I, I'm saying that you know, that's them. That they're where they begin and where the government ends in terms of their decision making. Can't really clearly no. delineate. Greenspan pick, pick Greenspan and the board. That's all the policy, dude. They don't. The government doesn't do that. Yeah, there's no leash on them, dude. Yeah, they have no leash. There is no, no audit. Leash. There is no audit system. There's nope. nothing, dude. But do you think that's why? The do you not think that the Oval Office calls up the Federal Reserve and says, "Hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, do this"? Sure, I'm sure they. I'm sure they say, "Hey, we need this many more billions of dollars printed." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then sure. they go. I'll allow it. That's cool. We'll allow it. Uh, we're going to have to raise the I'll interest rates it. to 5.5% or whatever, right? But that's cool. Yeah, we can do that. We'll just, put, we'll just put it back on the taxpayer. You know what I mean? It's a giant fucking bank. It's the biggest bank in the world. And the gov it's basically the government's bank, dude, is mm -hmm. what it is. It's yeah. not, they're not government. It's like, it's, like your, it's like my bank account, but for the government, right? I don't, I don't own the bank, dude. I don't own the bank that I bank with. Neither does the government. The government doesn't own the bank that they bank with, but they're, you know, they, a lot yeah, of the but you can't really call up your bank and go, Hey, you know, I'd like it if interest rates were this way. And then, you know, they, oh, do the, it. the government doesn't pay interest rates to the federal reserve. dude. That's not how that works. We pay the interest rates for the That's government for our shit. So, so when the government, so essentially what the government is doing is getting loans, right? Like if we were going to our bank and getting loans, they're getting all this money printed for war and all this stuff. Right. And then. The Fed is raising the interest rates to pay back the loans. I mean, that's really what it is. It's like, it's like uh, bonds, right? 
This is why nobody knows about the Fed because it gets boring. Yeah, it gets boring it's and not it's sexy. Not but I'll, I'm right. going to go out there and yeah. be like, yo, you know how uh, your hamburger helper went up $1.50 last year? That's the Fed's fault, dude. Yeah. That's how I'm going to message it to people. And it's not, it's, I'm not going to go out there and tell people like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And they have bonds and then they, they loan the government right. money and then they, they, they go wah, raise wah, the rates wah, and they take wah, it back wah. and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like there's a lot of really good people that do really good at that. I'm not even good at doing that. What I'm good at is, yo, your hamburger helper costs an extra dollar fifty every day, dog. You know why? Because the Federal Reserve is fucking you in the ass. Period. Yeah. Like that's. And I, if they're affecting hamburger helper that much, just think about how how much other stuff they're affecting. And that that last and Ryan, bit. And this is why I'm running for president, and you're not. No. Okay. So there there's a study in 2021 that showed that you can uh, influence negative emotion by getting people to like vaguely think negative things about like a no like way a, yeah i got it. yeah <laughs> yes so you can like directly influence thought by like think about the other horrible things or negative and then you don't actually go into specifics you just let them think about it and they'll no. they'll make those connections so i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna have a good run dude and i think i think i'm really excited because i believe we can get the the, the vote at the national convention I really do even if other like decent people jump in, I think we get. Mm-hmm. I really do. And 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 here's the other thing: none of these candidates have won for have run for president in the Libertarian Party before. I have yeah. uh, run for national chairman twice and vice chairman once, and it's the same process. Literally, the debates the night before the vote. It's all about the delegates. It's the same exact process. This will be my fourth time doing it in six years. Okay, my fourth time doing it in six years. I'm telling you that they cannot out-organize me with delegates, bro. They can't do it. They cannot. There's no way that there's a presidential candidate right now that can out-organize delegates to me. I'm going to make sure that there's people. I'm going to make sure that there was people that supported me for vice chair two years ago that I know aren't going to support me now that can't be delegates at the national convention because I'm going to bring so many delegates, dude. I'm telling you right now, right now. And this is, it's funny because I was telling people this in 2022 lead up to the the national convention. Mm -hmm. You don't understand the size and amount of delegates that I'm bringing to the convention. And everybody was laughing at me, dude. Like Mike Heiss was laughing. Like, dude, you're not, there's no way you're going to do it. And I'm like, all right, bro, watch me. Watch me, dude. Watch me do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. And it's going to be bigger this time. Because I'm not, I'm not waiting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going hard for the next year to organize the delegates. My campaign has already run it. It's already smooth, dude. Like, I got good. We got, we got some more positions to fill, but we got the people to fill them with. Yeah, and we, we already got people getting involved at their local and state level when they weren't before to go be a delegate. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked, what's the process? My, uh, Totino, what's up, man? Yes. What's the process to become a delegate? Uh, clue in the clueless. Yes. It's very important that you try to become a delegate. Here's what you got to do. You got to join your state party. Okay. Done. A lot of, a lot of the state parties have a time requirement for you to be a delegate yep. to national. Typically it's three months or so. Six. I think it's six, six years. I so believe you, it's six months. None of them are over six months, I don't think. So what you have to do is you have to join your state party, which probably will cost you five bucks a year or something. And then oh, you, I don't think it's I don't you, think sometimes that. it's free. It just yeah. here it's the other all states. Are yeah, free. I'm only talking about Iowa. California, Sorry. California is twenty five bucks yeah. a year. It's the same as the national. Of course. So you want to join the national party. You want to join the state party. You can join the national party for twenty five dollars a year. You probably join your state party for free or five bucks a year. What you do is you find out when the state convention is. The one, not this one that's happening right now, but the following state conventions. Because mm-hmm. they have state conventions every year. We have national convention every two years. 
go to the next, you could go to this state convention now if you want to and get in and try to find somewhere to work at. But we want as many people to sign up for states as possible, show up to their state convention, become delegates to the national convention. And then we're having our national convention in Washington, D.C. in, uh, in uh, May, I think, of next year. So May of, May of 2024. May of 2024. Yep. And that's where the delegates vote on who will be the presidential, vice presidential candidates. They also, hear me out, they also get to vote for national committee members, chair, vice chair, um, uh, secretary, treasurer, five at-large positions, and all of the regional reps and regional alternates, which are only voted on by the regions, by the way. Um, so you have a chance to change leadership if you're not happy with it. You have a chance to pick your presidential candidate and your vice presidential candidate. And all you simply have to do is pay $30 for the year, show up, get your delegate spot, and, and go. Now, if we can get enough people in each delegation, each state, to go to the state convention, we can pack the delegation, dude. Because if there's enough of you and you go in with a list of your people and you, and you only vote for the people on your list to be delegates when they, when they do a delegate vote, you're all going and you're all voting for who you want to vote for. And voting is a block. You can do that. We did that a lot in 2020. A lot. I will do it again. New Hampshire unanimously voted for me in 2020. Unanimously. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys still love me because they're unhappy too. They know why I resigned. They know what's going on at national. And that's why, they, that's why they're still my boys. I had their back. Even when... The new leadership was shitting on them. I had their back. And they're like, what do you mean? Why are you guys shitting on us? It's, you guys are the new leadership. This was the whole point. They're like, no, it wasn't. So we'll see you, buddy. We got a lot going on. You guys got anything before we take off? Follow me on Twitter at BulldogGamer28. Go, go become a delegate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, comment, subscribe, share, share the show. Uh, yeah, this is a good show talking about my, my candidacy for mm -hmm. sure. Re retweet it, uh, retweet all sorts of campaign oh, don't, stuff. And get go involved. check out, go, before you go anywhere, go check out my, uh, my website too. It's Joshua Smith, the number four POTUS, P O T U S dot info dot com dot info. I got a brand new website up there. It's got all the issues, all that good stuff. And you can donate there. And that's, that's our next big push is going to be fundraising because we're going to have to get around to events and, and get these delegates situated. And I need to make it to some state conventions and, Start working with people who haven't been delegates before. So it's really important if you guys will throw some money our way for the campaign. Remember that federal campaign donations cannot be used for private things. So I won't be using them for my private life. It will all go towards the, uh, the election. And here's the cool thing. It's been proven through all kinds of studies that a third party or independent uh, candidate, their money spends like three to four times more than the big candidates. So every dollar you spend, send me is like $4 to the other candidates. So we can really do some great things, man. So I appreciate people helping out. But yeah, it's Joshua Smith 4, the, the number 4, POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, at, inf, at uh, uh, dot info, sorry, dot info. So go check it out. AJ, you got anything before we take off? Uh, I, would, I would second that. Uh, campaigns are one with money. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of money to run it. That, Libertarians don't understand it. It was eye opening to me when I got into it and got involved in the state. And uh, you know, I'm paying I'm paying national money, you pay state money. It was eye opening to see that. Um, anything you can donate helps, but um, it takes a lot of money to run a campaign. So you got to do it. I also want to say I'm not going to treat I'm not going to treat the show like my personal campaign 
uh, avenue either. I want you guys to know we're talking about it now. I'm sure I'll talk about it in the future as well. It's not we're not going to spend every show talking no, about my we'll presidential okay. campaign anymore. I want you guys to know that this show is still going to be the show, dude. We'll talk about it when it's interesting. Yeah, when it's interesting, something yes. good to talk about. I, I'll probably put the uh, I'll probably put the website link in all the show bios, and you can always check it out there. But yeah. um, you can follow me on social media too. If you listen to the show and you don't follow me on Twitter, man, what are you doing? At Joshua at large, dude, go follow me right now. That's the that's the fun place. That's You're not I following all, all three of us. What are you doing? All right, guys, we'll be back next Thursday with an all new show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, until then, don't forget to break cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain A violent call to action in the verse the frame But I just banned it in Minecraft The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse Because I just banned it in Minecraft But Chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it No product is getting close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm poet 